Well, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Donna Whiteman, KSP General Counsel, is joining me to let you know, if you haven't heard already, that there appears to be no special session. Uh, the sco- schools will open, uh, but what the Supreme Court has found is that the legislature has not quite finished its work. In a decision released at 3 this afternoon, the court said that the legislature has yet to fully comply on adequacy of school finance, but said that the legislature's action can be adjusted by some timely future adjustments, primarily to to deal with the issue of inflation. And the court uh, did not find that the legislature created any new equity issues and and said the legislature had corrected the equity issues that the court identified uh, last October. So what we're going to do this afternoon is let Donna Whiteman kind of talk us through the major findings. Uh, I would just note that uh, Rob Gilligan, of course, as always, is kind of producing are engineering this. Uh, we have our advocacy and legal team waiting in the next room uh, to send us information or relay your questions. So if as we go forward you do have any questions that you can answer through YouTube if that's how you're watching it or you can make any way you can to text, email, tweet or reach us in any other way. Uh, we'll be watching social media and try to relay questions to us if there are any. We would certainly welcome those while I wonder why our expression has frozen up. <laughs> All right, my God. We're, we're fine. That's forward. something we we're saw. So <laughs> that's okay. We're, we're, we're a tad out of practice, right. so it may just be us. So, Donna, tell us what the court said today. Um, in a very measured decision, the Supreme Court really uh, went back to the problems that it had uh, in October of 2017. Remember with Senate Bill 19, their decision in October had uh, concerns both with the equity issues and the adequacy issues of Senate Bill 19, and they directed the legislature to come back and make some uh, significant adjustments, uh, particularly in the equity area. The court uh, in today's decision uh, found the legislature with their new bill this year corrected the equity or equity issues, uh, but then with the adequacy issues, uh, it basically, uh, the court said, you know, there was no magic number uh, as far as adequacy, uh, and uh, they, they went back as both parties had agreed um, to the uh, Montoy Safe Harbor, that document which was discussed in the uh, oral arguments, uh, and both parties agreed to allow the court to enter it in. Uh, they started with that and and basically said that the legislature made a you know a good effort, uh, but it does need some financial uh, adjustments in the upcoming year. So the good news is uh, schools will open, uh, and they're going to. Pres- Proceed with uh, enacting and uh, allowing the law to operate uh, as the legislature passed it. And then the court gave the legislature some uh, direction as far as areas that need to be fixed uh, when they come back uh, into session in January. And they have basically continued the jurisdiction and are giving the legislature another opportunity uh, to correct the problems uh, as far as funding. Funding. Uh, and the court was very direct and said that the issues uh, in this decision
decision, which is about 39 pages, uh, they were not as complex or complicated as it was in Senate Bill 19, because in Senate Bill 19, the legislature had made some dramatic and drastic changes uh, to uh, funding of education. So I think it's seen as as the the court uh, working uh, with the legislature to try to make these uh, changes that they recommended uh, so that the uh, the, the uh, formula will be found to be constitutional. Uh, the court was very clear, as it's been all along, uh, that the legislature uh, has both the, uh, the obligation and responsibility to adequately fund. Uh, and the good news was that they, uh, because they basically went back and, and to the Montoy um, basic formula, uh, then uh, they basically said you have to tweak the dollars. Uh, there are some changes needed, particularly uh, with looking at inflation in the virtual schools, because uh, they couldn't tell whether they were the $31 million for virtual schools was included or excluded uh, from the, uh, uh, the chart that they had seen. But the court said, you know, last time we wanted you to show your work uh, and give rationale and reasons for doing it, uh, and they found that uh, they had done that. Uh, there just needs to be some, he, they called them um, uh, financial uh, changes need to be made uh, in, the, in the law that was passed this session. So I, I think just to, to give a little bit of history of how we got here, uh, the Montoy case um, was a, a, a complex case that went up to the Supreme Court, back to the legislature over several times. A special session was involved. But essentially, the court dismissed Montoy when the legislature had produced a multi-year funding plan right. that would have culminated in a base state aid per pupil of $4,492 uh, in 2000, uh, 2010. And the court basically goes back constantly in all its decisions and said the last time uh, the formula was constitutional as far as adequacy was the Montoy. And so what the legislature did this year, as opposed to last year, when it basically sort of said, okay, we're going to put in more funding and that will right. help, and sort of used what they called a kind of a successful schools model, which looked at what a base would be of the relatively more successful districts, um, this time they basically said our strategy is to talk about getting back to that level. Bob, do you have that phase-in chart available to put up? So this is actually from the decision, and basically what they attempted to do is to calculate where, where funding would have been if the formula had been in place as it was in 2009, 2010. Ah, thank you. Um, so, yes, there's a memo, and we, we can certainly share this, that looked at a method of getting there, but it came up with the idea that where we needed to be was a base amount that then would have to be adjusted for inflation between 2011 and 2017. You can just look at what they showed. Basically, they're arguing that if you simply count up that inflation amount, that's the part that ha would need to be added on to the $33.1 billion. 
Then they attempted to look at how much money was put in last year, what was already added, added. in response uh, to what happened last year, and then came up with what the legislature came up with was an argument that they still needed to put in about $522 million, and that's what they say when you look at what was right. being added for next school year and the following four years that they would get to uh, to at or above About that $522 million. The key thing that the court then said was, okay, we'll accept that. We had previously found constitutionality. That's a reasonable way to get back to that. Right. But they said you've got two problems. Rob, can you bring up those other two key points from from page four? They essentially said we have two two issues um, that that why we can't say you did okay. Um, and the first one is give us just a second to see whether we can bring that up. Um, we're going to give you the actual language. While we're doing that, I can tell you what it really amounts to is saying you did not take into account inflation, inflation. from 2017. There you go. The, there are two problems. The failure to adjust two years of funding for inflation through uh, the approaching 18-19 school year. Satisfactory adjustments result in a higher amount of principal, EI, more than the $522 million the memo we're referring to calculates, right. as yet owed. Because, as you remember, that past, that past chart only went to 2017, so we have two years' inflation to get to. And, point two, I'm sorry. Okay, so to recap, the, legisla- the, the, the court essentially accepted a memo that looked at the last time we were held to be a compliant, right. a base at 44.92, then went through adjusting that for inflation, inflation, then looked at what the legislature has put in since the ruling you know, that the, the they added last year, right. and then sort of calculated what was left over. Their calculation is they would be short 522 million. What the court basically said is, okay, we'll agree to all that except one. One, you haven't accounted for inflation from 2017 to 2019, the year we're just starting, and you haven't accounted for inflation over your five-year phasing period. So they've really told the legislature, because the increase that you're providing for next year would is enough Enough. to take into account for inflation, we're going to let things go forward. forward. That'll be fine. But you've got to come back, and and then by April 15th of next year is when briefs are due. By April 15th, essentially through through the regular session, they're expecting to say, you need to show us that you're accounting for more past inflation and you're somehow going to take into account inflation for the phase-in period. Right. That's, that's the essence of it, correct? Correct. And so plus, that's, the, that's what the legislature will still have to do. Plus, they did have a question about the uh, virtual reality, whether that $31 million was Virtual included. enrollment, in, not reality. Right. We think we, <laughs> that's it. That's, <laughs> we feel like we're in virtual reality. That's right. <laughs> uh, but virtual enrollment, right. And uh, they're not sure whether that was included in their original 
general numbers or not, because um, that enrollment is calculated outside of the regular school finance right. formula. So they want them to tell them or address that one way or the other. And so what we're immediately hearing questions on as well, how much will that cost? I think it is significant the court did not tell them how much it would cost. Obviously, we don't yet know the actual inflation rate for 2018 because we're still in it. In it. We don't know right. the inflation rate for 2019 because that's the school year just starting, and we certainly don't know what inflation will be. In so I think years. the question is whether the legislature can use a trailing average, which is what they have included after the five-year phase-in, and whether the legislature, in effect, would the court allow them to kind of pre-fund inflation in some way, or whether they will expect to continue to look at what actually happens. We certainly don't know. Inflation of 1.4% over the last several years, that could continue, but I think there's certainly some feeling that the inflation rate could be higher going into the future. On the other hand, uh, if there's another recession, it could drop lower. As in, right. in fact, I think as the chart showed you, there there has been a year recently where the inflation rate was actually negative. And that'll be... That'll will be the yearly issue that the legislature right. will have to address uh, in, in the out years. Okay. Let's talk just a little bit about the issues arising over equity. And again, would remind our viewers, if you have questions, uh, you should be able right. to enter them into the, uh, the questions on our YouTube presentation. But if you also want to uh, contact us by social media, our communications and advocacy team is watching all of that. I, I can't do that while doing this. So if you right. try to get through to my phone, <laughs> I'll notice it if I can. Basically, the legislature, the court in October had said there were four uh, equity violations and that the legislature has essentially corrected all, all of them. Of uh, they have backed away the ability to use capital outlay for uh, utilities and insurance. Okay. The legislature repealed that. Uh, the legislature has allowed uh, a, a, a protest petition, petition to stay in place for use of LOB above right. a certain threshold. The plaintiffs had said you shouldn't have any requirement. The legislature had raised concerns that it was not uniformly imposed, but the new law applies that protest petition uh, to everyone. Uh, they had raised questions of the 10% floor on local option budget, and the legislature had repealed that. Right. The plaintiffs raised... <clears throat> excuse me, two additional challenges. One is that the law that was passed uh, set a minimum 15% LOB. The plaintiffs said that would be disequalizing because LOB is not fully equalized. Mm -hmm. The court agreed with the state that because all districts are already, already there, there, this is not imposing any new additional. requirement, so it should not be a barrier. And the plaintiffs also opposed a part of the new law which said that um, a, a proportionate, uh, an amount of local option budget proportionate to how much you receive in at-risk and bilingual weightings um, must be transferred to those funds. The plaintiffs argued that this was disequalizing because it would have a disproportionate impact on districts with mm -hmm. high numbers of those students. Right. But the court basically said, well, 
they kind of agreed with the legislature, that will just ensure that dollars will go to kids that we are most worried about. So while the court did not say these things were necessary, they did not even necessarily say they were helpful. They did say they were acceptable. And this has been a long sort of point of contention. And if you remember, the whole issue of why the first bill had to be corrected uh, later was because of this issue in part of how we count the LOB, making it mandatory, and and the legislature. And so what what happened was uh, the court ultimately did accept those changes. So essentially, I think what we have is a much simpler decision because the legislature or the court accepted the legislature's strategy of simply going back to what we're calling the Montoy Safe Harbor. They said that's fine, but you didn't take into account inflation. The plaintiffs wanted the court to look at new cost studies, one that the plaintiffs commissioned, one that the legislature commissioned. And and I think this was rather key. and, And tell me if I'm wrong. The court essentially said that may be new evidence, but for the purpose of complying with our order, the legislature's method of getting back to Montoy is an acceptable response. Correct. They they basically went back to the findings on appeal. The court can only make decisions based on the findings of the lower court, and that's why uh, the Montoy safe harbor was where they went back to, uh, and the state's argument that we started then uh, and brought that forward. Uh, and again, it shows that the court uh, the court didn't have any magic number in mind. They just wanted the legislature to be able to show its work and give rational reasons for making the decisions that it did to enable the students to, to accomplish the Rose Standards. So, right. uh, and it was certainly a, a much... Um, simpler opinion because the only issue now left on the table is for the the legislature funding providing the the dollars for the the uh, the formula that it's passed uh, to make sure that those are adequate to achieve those rose standards so uh, hopefully that will help focus uh, in the upcoming session it's going to be a matter of funding adequately the uh, formula that they passed to enable students to reach those standards so I think uh, we have been getting some uh, questions already from the media okay. and others as to as to any kind of response that we would make. And I think what I've been telling people and, I, and what, what we're putting out is obviously we are relieved that uh, we can go forward, opening schools, moving ahead. Many districts, of course, want, want to get to work on mm-hmm. being able to invest the new dollars received. I think our response has always been, the amount of money the legislature look, was looking at was at the the low end of what could be justified by by mm-hmm. studies and research as necessary. I, I always said, you know, it it was it was in the ballpark. Uh, might have been on the edge of the ballpark, but it was there. But that value would be lost 
if we don't take into account inflation right. if it's phased in. Right. And so I think KASB has been has been saying for a long time that a phase-in would be acceptable, but only if you do take into account inflation. And I think that it's increases. important to understand that by going back to this safe harbor, we're really talking about getting back to the kind of the Montoy standards mm-hmm. That's different than talking about where the new studies were saying uh, Montoy, I don't think anyone would argue, contemplated a 95% graduation rate or contemplated a uh, 90% of kids on grade level. So, in effect, I think you could say the court has, in a way, accepted a not necessarily a lower standard of student achievement, but allowed the legislature to go back to uh, kind of an older standard of student achievement for now. Uh, that because what because at that point we were not looking at for one thing the court had not specifically identified the rose standards right. and we weren't talking about the kind of things that were in the plans and goals we've accepted now and I think most people would argue I think certainly our argument has been that if you're serious about getting to best in the country achievement levels the amount of money we're talking about here is unlikely to do that. It'll it'll make progress, it'll help us going forward, but it is not the kind of money that studies are now showing would be necessary if you really want to get to those higher levels. Right, and it's it's certainly with the new, you know, the, the moonshot, as they, right. they talked about in the opinion, it's certainly... Um, where everyone wants to be, but again, the legislature will be in session every year, every January, so there will be certainly those opportunities to uh, make additional arguments as far as the need, and as the years go by, then you'll have additional um, uh, data related to how successful uh, the the new uh, goals are, so uh, there certainly will be, it will be continued to be discussed uh, uh, and those who are uh, wanting additional funding will be there to advocate for additional funding, depending upon what the needs of the students are. And, and again, that's where the the, uh, the the court's always been focused on on the Rose standards. What is the evidence of the need? What do they need to be able to achieve those outcomes? And that certainly will be something that will be under the microscope every year uh, uh, from here on out, as far as the actual needs in the classroom where education occurs uh, to make those standards a reality uh, for our students based upon the goals that the state board has set for us. So let me just pause a moment and see I'm not getting any signs that we have questions coming in at this point. Anything showing up? I think we might just kind of conclude, take a few more minutes if anything happens. So my sense is there is a sigh of relief, Uh but it is important to understand that this is not over. The court has merely stayed its ruling for another year. So it's very, very important to understand next year's legislature will still have to do something. And so the next key argument is going to be uh, how the, the argument will be over how much is necessary to 
respond to the inflationary changes? Right. How should we structure that going forward? And as you say, what other needs may be out there? So again, this this may kind of uh, put the summer a little bit to rest as we go forward. We're going into a, a very important uh, election, but I don't think we should lose sight of the fact that you know this case has not been dismissed, um, and the legislature will still be back needing to take some action, or the court will be back talking about uh, uh, enforcing a remedy uh, if these issues are not picked up on. And that's the important part, Mark, that, you know, the court will have continuing jurisdiction. And at the oral arguments, there was a lot of discussion about um, whether the court should uh, uh, continue with jurisdiction or not. But I think they will continue with jurisdiction. The legislature has been given another year to address the the adequacy issues. Uh, And uh, as far as the decision, I think it is, it's a win for uh, both the state uh, and uh, for the plaintiffs, and particularly for, for public school children, because uh, at least the education will continue under the current law uh, for the next year, and there'll be another opportunity for everyone to work together to try to, to make it even better uh, when they address the inflation issues um, uh, and uh, uh, the virtual schools. So it's certainly another opportunity to uh, work cooperatively together uh, to bring good results for Kansas school children. Well, that is obviously the big news of today. When the day started, I thought the only thing that would happen is I was scheduled to get a new garage door opener. Um, And so it turned out to be a little more momentous than that. Uh, I think what we'll be watching next is as the fiscal year comes to a close, um, we will be looking at interim studies. Um, The legislature will will still have to consider what it wants to do in that area. And obviously, we are counting down to the big big primary election election uh, in early August and moving on. So There will continue to be a lot of news from Topeka. We will bring it to you as we have it, um, as we get uh, perhaps more understanding or questions about uh, about this ruling and other things. Uh, Look for information coming from KASB. And as always, we welcome your questions, your comments, and your input. But if that's it for today, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Have an enjoyable uh, rest of the summer. And you don't have to worry about a decision on Friday. That's that's (laughs) correct. That's correct. We're we're all going to be rethinking our, our Friday plans, I suppose. Uh, for the rest of the summer. So thanks for joining us, everyone. Want to, uh, obviously, thank Donna, our legal team, our advocacy communications team, and everyone else for being a part of this. And don't forget to vote. And don't forget to vote. Good point. Thank you. 